What got you there with got you got you What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney got you there with Shonda Laney What got you there with Shonda Laney He has been called his generation's finest writer of international intrigue and one of the greatest American spy novelists ever Compelling passionate haunting brilliant These are some of the words that have been used to describe the work of award-winning number one New York Times bestselling author, Daniel Silva. Daniel joins the podcast to discuss his most recent book in the Gabriel Alon series entitled The Other Woman. Daniel also talks about his career as a writer and the process that has made him one of the most recognized authors of our time. If you're like me and love to travel, then listen up. Are you looking to get outside your comfort zone in 2018? Are you tired of the monotony of your nine to five job with no adventure? Do you want to connect with new people on Epic Adventures? If so, then Globekick is what you're looking for. Globekick is redefining travel for the millennial generation. Globekick knows that memorable travel is built on the quality of the experience you have and the people you connect with along the way. That's why their members can choose from curated travel experiences throughout the year with like-minded people. Unlike other travel providers, Globekick members get to know each other through a private social network before choosing when and where they travel together. In 2018, they've teamed up with partners around the world to feature a Sahara Desert camping trip out of Morocco in May, a boating journey through the Sandblast Islands in the Caribbean in August, and a volunteering trip to an elephant sanctuary outside of Cambodia in December. If you want to travel the world with your kind of people and not break the bank, then head to globekick.com and enter WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. That's globekick.com and enter code WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. Daniel Silva, welcome to What Got You There. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm well. Yeah, no, congratulations on on the launch of your newest book, The Other Woman. I'm very excited to dive into this. You, for a number of years, have been my favorite author. So this is an absolute Oh, bucket. my gosh. What, <laughs> a, what an honor. Truly, Thank this you. is a bucket list interview for me. So for the listeners who are unfamiliar with you, your series, you want to set the stage for them? Uh, boy, set the stage for my series. Um, well, this is the 18th book um, in my Gabriel Alon series. Gabriel is a um, has been described as as the most one of the most compelling characters since Ian Fleming created James Bond, which is high praise, uh, at least I consider it. Um, he is an Israeli uh, spy assassin, um, and now he serves as, as the chief of Israeli intelligence, actually. But for many years, he worked um, undercover as one of the world's finest art restorers. So he's had the two very distinct sides to his character. Um, and since 2008, when I wrote a book called Moscow Rules, he's had a very personal duel against the Russians um, and actually against the Russian president, um, uh, a man whom I call the czar. Uh, and so the other woman is the 18th book in the Elan series. And the fifth book in this cycle of, of, of novels, uh, dealing with, with, um, the, the new Russia and an unnamed Russian president, um, who bears a striking resemblance to one Vladimir Putin. Yeah, no, you're legendary almost at predicting the future with some of your novels. So, so why Russia? Why now? Oh, why not Russia? Why not now? I mean, it was, it was, um, 
it was almost um, obligatory, I think, for me to to take up this material. I, he, Gabriel spent the last two books um, defeating ISIS um, almost single-handedly, but he 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 and Israeli intelligence um, dealt several serious blows to ISIS in, a, in sort of a little two-book miniseries that that I that I wrote, um, and it was it was time to 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 write about uh, to, uh, Russia again. Uh, and I wrote about Russia and what's going on by actually going back in time um, to the case of, of Kim Philby. And the, the, he's the notorious uh, British civil agent who worked for the KGB uh, for, gosh, about 50 years. And um, so in order to write about the present, I actually go back in, back in time. I mean, you mentioned this is your 18th Gabriel book, 21st overall. You right. originally set out to not have Gabriel continue on in the series, correct? Yes, he was. When I when I first created Gabriel, he was supposed to appear in one book and one book only. Um, and I knew at the time that he was a good character and that he was a very compelling character. Um, actually, when you know when I first conceived him, he was he was very much the second tier. Uh, character in, in that novel, and he just took over the novel um, and made it his own. And uh, But I really had to be convinced to to turn him into a, a, a series, and I, I was talked into writing a second book. Um, it seems sort of bizarre to, to think about it now, but The Confessor, my, the, um, which is considered sort of a minor classic. Um, when I first conceived that book, uh, it was it was not supposed to be a Gabriel Alon book. Um, so when I, when I published that book, I realized that I probably had a, 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 a successful series on my hand, and, and I, haven't, I haven't looked back. When you mentioned you needed to be convinced that he could be a character in an ongoing series, what... what yeah, well, I mean, it, it, you know, the first problem was that he was, he was Israeli. Um, and, you know... We are in uncharted territory. There has never been a, a continuing character um, like him on the American on the American scene. I mean, he is um, now the chief of of, of, of Israeli intelligence. Um, don't need to tell you that that Israel is not so popular in certain quarters. Um, uh, it's a very controversial um, subject matter that I sometimes. And compelled to, to delve into, people hold very strong opinions on one side or another, and it, it's it's just a minefield. Um, but I managed to navigate it, um, and I think that's in part uh, due to Gabriel and the nature of his character, and the people around him, and and the fact that he has friends and accomplices across a wide spectrum. You know, he's not just the the chief of Israeli intelligence. In many respects, he acts as almost the de facto leader of Western intelligence at this point. I'd like to sidestep Gabriel for a second and, and focus on you. I mean, you began your career as a journalist. What led to you becoming a novelist? Um, I became a, I became a journalist because I wanted to be a novelist. Many of my literary heroes uh, were, were journalists first. I mean, um, Graham Greene, Ernest Hemingway, um, I just felt it was it was the best way to achieve my goal, which was was to write novels, uh, and that turned out to be the case. Um, I had a a 
brief career as a journalist. I guess I worked as a journalist for about 12 years, uh, but I had a very successful and interesting career. And I was able to draw upon um, not only my experiences, but my contacts and, and, and um, achieve what I always wanted to achieve. And that was, it was to be a, a novelist. Um, it is not an easy thing to be able to actually earn a living at, at this. So I feel very, very blessed that I was able to, uh, to accomplish what I set out to. So, I mean, you began writing in 1994, correct? When you were still at CNN and then released your first book in 97. Uh, yeah, it has, it has a 97, uh, copyright. It actually came out, I believe at the, it started trickling into stores in the end of 1996. Um, so yeah, a long time. Trickling into stores, a, a little different than, uh, this week for you. Right and now, a little, yeah, a little, little, little different than the one day laydowns that I have now. Um, no, it was, uh, back in, back in the days when it, it, it took us, um, much longer to produce a book um, back when there was a cloth cover and and <laughs> and string and thread and 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 when when hardcovers were different the industry has changed so much. Um, I remember in my first contract, um, we're getting in the weeds here, but we'll do it anyway. There was a little note in there about something that was called electronic publishing. It's like, well, you know, what is this? What do you, what is electronic publishing? Are you talking about audiobooks or something like that? No, this is something that we think might be coming at some point. Da, 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 da. Um, so, um, and, and I very wisely withheld the rights. Very wisely. <laughs> that, Something to something called electronic publishing, <laughs> um, and so now in, in um, you know, I, I when my the unlikely spy came out, someone someone says to me, you know, your your book is selling very well on Amazon, and I said, what in the world is Amazon? I had no idea what this thing was, um, and so now that the, the publishing world has has changed dramatically uh, in in the twenty one or 22 years that, I, that I've been in it. Um, and so now probably sell two eBooks for every, for every hardcover that, that, that I sell. And, um, but, um, and, and, you know, physical bricks and mortar publishing is, is in, in jeopardy. And, and much of what I do out, out on, on the road is to try to help old bricks and mortar stores, um, uh, stay in business because I, I I don't want to be in a, in a, in a world uh, w without books. I, I I worry about the disappearance of the physical book. Um, I don't read a lot of e-books. I, I buy everything in hardcover and and I tend to keep them, unfortunately. So. I'm, I'm quite literally buried in books, um, but I digressed. No, you and I have the same problem. My wife and I, we filled up a backpack uh, at the store last night. So you originally wanted to be a writer. I want to know what day one looks like for you when you're setting out to write your first novel. Did you already have most of these ideas in your head? Yeah, I had um, uh, a book that I, I, I wanted to do. Um, and, you know, I was a, I started off as a wire service um, reporter and editor. Um, I have been, I try to explain this to people, but I have been a professional writing writer since the age of, of, you know, 20, 
three or four. I've been working full time, writing all day, every day. Um, so, you know, unlike a lot of people who might sit and stare at a blank page as, as a professional writer, I never, I never struggled with that. You know, I, yes, I, I tend to throw out a lot of material that I write, but, um, I, like most professional writers, I, I, I produced and, and, um, I just, I went about it in a, in a very professional, methodical, um, manner. Um, I wrote my, my first novel in, entirely in secret. I wrote it very early in the morning, every morning, and then, and then resumed my day job. Um, and was able to, to, finish a first draft in about nine or 10 months, um, which I should say is much longer <laughs> than I, than I have now. I mean, that I, I was able to spend nine or 10 months working on a first draft and then, and then uh, probably six or seven months working on a rewrite of that first draft. The, I, 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 my goodness. I mean, and now I have to, I, have a, a first draft written in, in about four months. Um, and if I have a couple of weeks to do a rewrite, that's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Um, it, the, the time, the time pressure and, and, you know, for book a year publishing is, is quite, quite intense. I mean, you mentioned though in those early days, you set out in secrecy almost and were writing early in the morning. We let the listeners know you were coming on and we had dozens and dozens of questions all about your writing process. And you mentioned okay. you sit down, they, they want to know the details of it. So every single morning, are you are you writing right when you wake up? Uh, I, you know what? I'm still a morning writer. Um, and I, I'm, um, I think like a lot of writers, I'm not a great sleeper, especially when I'm on deadline. And, and I really think that I do a, a lot of work subconsciously and um, in my sleep. I, I also happen to, to wake up, unfortunately, about 3.30 or 4 o'clock every morning still. And I will, I will lie in bed and write it mentally. And so when I, when I finally get out of bed and, and sit down at my desk, those, those first couple of hours are really, really productive for me. And that, that's where I, I generally get most of the writing done um, in, a, in a typical day. Uh, but these days, instead of working a couple of hours, I work all day. Um, and I work usually until, you know, mid-afternoon, late afternoon, um, writing. And then I, I you know, I, I'm I'm a lover of books. I revere books. Um, I'm a, I'm a huge reader. So as I like to, to explain to people, I'm either writing a book or reading a book basically all day long. Um, so I will then turn and pick up some of my research books, um, try to get some exercise, um, and try to, to fill up the tank. Um, I see a lot of, a lot of theater, um, spend a lot of time in New York, uh, going to, to theater. Um, just, I lead a very, uh, quiet sort of literary life, uh, the, the reading life. And, and, um, once I start a book, I, um, work seven days a week. I find days off to be very, very difficult. I have to take them every now and again for family reasons or, or 
to travel for for work, but I find an actual day off, a day away from from the manuscript, to be really disconcerting. I like to write every single day. Um, so my writing schedule basically is Labor Day until April first. April Fool's Day is my hand in day, and so it's pretty intense. I have to work very very hard to get a book finished. You mentioned while you're laying in bed, you're you're writing essentially in your head. If you yeah. were painting a picture of what that actually looks like, are you handwriting on note cards? Are you typing out the words? How, how do you construct that in your in your brain? That is a great question. Um, but um, I am a a um, I'm a very musical person. Um, I write to the ear. Uh, my books are read aloud over and over again to make sure that there's no false notes in them. Um, and I am actually writing, uh, uh, to, to a voice. Um, I, I don't see, I don't see the computer screen, um, or, or the, the words being written out. I'm, I'm hearing them spoken. Um, that said, I, I, I can and do, um, edit and rewrite mentally, um, in a visual sense. And, and it just, Something that, that, especially when I'm on deadline, I really have trouble sleeping, and I will sit there and, and, and edit and work um, sort of a photographically. Um, I know that sounds weird, but I do have a kind of a semi-photographic memory, and I, I do it that way as well. I mean, this is absolutely fascinating for me. I'm almost picturing you now like a great composer, and, and so this is so cool now, reading your novels and thinking back to your actual process. You mentioned certain days you'll have to travel. Are you traveling to every single place you write about? Because you write with such great detail of these places. I, I picture you walking all throughout them. Is that true? I do, I do. Um, but then again, there are places where I have not been um, that I that I can do that too. For example, um, I obviously did not go to Raqqa uh, at the height of the of the Syrian civil war when it was the the um, you know the headquarters, the capital of of ISIS's brief lived caliphate. Um, but I was able to write about it quite convincingly, and that's the the trick of the novelist. So I I go where I can go. Um, I go where, where time is uh, permitted, um, um, and then I use um, the gift of imagination and research to, to, to bring places where I can't go to bring, the, to bring them to life. You mentioned the gift of imagination, and I, I want to know more about the culmination of that with your research. Are, are many of your creative ideas a result of extensive research that you've put into studying the different places, organizations, events, or do you naturally cultivate them in your head? Um, it's a, it's a little of both. Um, um, you know, that said, I, um, I have this sort of freaky, uh, talent where, or curse, I should say that, that, um, I, um, cannot read a newspaper or a book without a story starting to come to life in my head. And, um, it is just, you know, some, something that, that, um, I, I contend with and, and I walk around with a notepad and, and jot them down when I can. Um, and, but I'm constantly, constantly finding inspiration for characters and novels in almost everything I read. I mean, you mentioned you begin writing Labor Day and then it goes until April Fool's Day. I mean, that's a quick turnaround. Is it from the, the book tour, which you're currently on and then getting right back into it? Uh, it is. Um, I will finish my book tour, um, um, 
take a couple of days off to recover, and then I will really sit down and start making those first, um, you know, brush strokes on the canvas um, uh, on the new book. But but by by Labor Day, I've really got to be um, in in full writing mode. Um, uh, you know, producing a, a, a thousand words a day to, to be on target to finish on time. I mean, any any plans on writing more than one book per year? <laughs> you know what? I, I, it's a great question. I have contemplated it, um, and I, I am envious when I see some of my uh, competitors and, and colleagues managing to do it. I would love to be able to publish more often, but in, in, for the way I go about my work and and with my tour and promotion schedule, I've just never been able to figure out how to do it. Um, you know, I, I, I struggle to make it, uh, um, with one, one book a year and just have, can't imagine doing two. I picture you as someone who is making changes all the way up until the deadline. Is that I you am notorious <laughs> for that. I, I make changes in, until the, in this one, the fourth pass galleys, um, I read every single pass of galleys very, very carefully. I retain um, a couple of private copy editors in addition to the copy editors that that, that work for the for the publishing house. Um, I am maniacal about about typos. I hate when when typos and errors slip into the the novel. I'm very embarrassed when that happens. Uh, and so I hang on to a book to the very last seconds. Um, so that, that slows me down as well. So, and, and, you know, to, to, to do more than, than one book a year, you sort of have to, um, finish it up, hand it in and move on to the next one. And that's just not the way I, I go about it. You mentioned you're constantly using your notebook and writing down ideas. How many of the next books do you kind of have a grasp on what they might be about? You know, I could, I could rattle off, um, four, Books that that are in the pipeline for the for the Elan series, and four or five or six other books that I'd I'd like to get to at some point. Um, some are fully plotted out and and ready to go. Some are are notional. Some are aspirational. Um, but right now, I, I have my my uh, my. Days and, and my imagination and my planning squarely focused on Gabriel. I mean, for the first time in your writing, you put yourself in the book. Why'd you end up doing it this time? <laughs> I gave myself a little Hitchcockian uh, <laughs> um, walk on in this one, and it was just fun. I, I it, it, we're referring to a scene that takes place in a, in a Starbucks in Washington D.C. that I I, I sometimes. Uh, well, I frequent often and and um, sometimes work in there. And so I, I put myself in, in a scene next to the two characters that I created. It was great fun, actually. <laughs> no, I very much enjoyed it. And I've heard you say you're not very similar to, uh, to Gabriel. What about you guys are actually similar and are you living vicariously through him in other ways? No, I don't definitely don't live vicariously through him. Um, I, I, I'm not someone who thinks of myself as his character. I don't want to be my character. I couldn't do the things that my character does. Um, um, are there little similarities between Gabriel and I? Yes. 
are there some profound similarities between Gabriel and I? Absolutely. Um, and But I think that that an author leaves bits of himself, good and bad, through all of his characters. I think that that's... that's um, um, it sort of ha- almost happens um, subconsciously without the author's knowledge. And, and it enters uh, the bloodstream of the characters and it enters the subtext of the, of the stories. And um, Gabriel and I are alike in very important ways and we are in different in, 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 in important ways as well. I mean, I'd like to almost hit on a little bit of that character development. And we, we had a listener, a longtime reader of your book, Brandon Hess. He was really interested in and how do you keep a character going for 18 books and, and constantly developing him? Is it a process? Is it a struggle at all for you? Uh, no, it's not a struggle. Um, it is a, a I, I do think that... Um, Look, I've allowed Gabriel to, to change. Um, he's very different from the character that I first created. So he has grown and changed as the series ha- ha- has pro- uh, progressed. Um, and some people like other versions of Gabriel. Um, some people like it when he was doing this, and some people like it when he was doing that, and some people like it when he was single, and other people like it now that he's married and a father again. Um, the one thing I've learned is that you can't please everyone. Um, there's a famous story of, of Placido Domingo um, watching a, a, a performance, an opera, and, and um the person next to him is standing up and screaming, bravo, bravo. And the, and the person on the other side of him is slumped in his chair, uh, quietly saying, boo. Um, and um, so the way I have kept Gabriel fresh is to, is to um, have him continually adapt and, and change. Um, and at, at the same time, um, remain at his core the same person and 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 the books as well uh, the, the books are are centered uh, the books have a a continuing theme um, and there's a there's a little trick that we say when writing series um, it, it's got to be different but the same <laughs> that is perhaps a, a good place to add but different but the same and that is the trick to writing a series to keep it fresh um, try to be do something different with each story, but at the same time, if you change things uh, up too dramatically, um, you run the risk of, of alienating your core readers, um, and, and that's not a good thing. Yeah, I mean, how do you think you've been able to thread that needle between pure entertainment and what's actually going on in the world? Uh, I, I think I do that instinctively. Um, I, um, you know, as, as a former journalist, and as someone who worked overseas as a as a a foreign correspondent, I'm always going to find my inspiration in either the real world or something that happened in history. That's just who I am. Um, and but you know, I'm writing about current events. I'm writing about things that people are reading about in the newspaper on a daily basis this week. Um, and then, but I am I am. Um, have to make sure that first and foremost that my work is a work of entertainment, that it is something that could be taken on an airplane, 
taken to a beach, something that you, you sit up with late at night. And, and, um, um, uh, you know what, I, I have no, no trouble, um, sort of threading that needle, uh, between, between, um, um, fact and fiction, um, reality and fantasy. And that, that is, that is what writing is at its core is all about. I mean, it seems like you're almost 100% self-responsible for, for where you are today. Was there anyone who was really instrumental uh, in helping your writing career? Uh, my wife. Uh, my wife and I are, um, I'm blessed to have a, a, um, a great partnership um, with my wife, Jamie Gangel. Um, and she's been at my, I, my side um, helping me and, and um, giving me guidance and comfort and aid uh, from the beginning. And um, I consider myself to be the luckiest man in the world. How much do you reach out to other people? Um, I know David Bull, who's actually an upcoming podcast guest here. He's a legendary art restorer and, and you've taken bits and pieces of his life and, and incorporated that into Gabriel's. Uh, do you have people like that all over the world you're reaching out to to help write these? No, not to help. I would never sorry, say yeah, to help. Sorry, that was right there. That's okay. Um, to look, I, I have a wide circle of friends and contacts, and a lot of those friends and contacts um, <laughs> find their way into into the characters. Um, I, I will take little bits and pieces of people that I know and and um, and turn them into characters, and often. Uh, the people don't really quite realize what I've done. Some some people do, um, but uh, be careful. Be careful when you bump into a novelist or befriend a novelist. You're 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 liable to end up in his next book. I mean, you started this series; it was immediate success. How long do you think this is going to go on for? You know what? I I don't know. Um, he's he, the books have progressed in chronological order, roughly in sync with real time. Gabriel is now the chief of intelligence. Uh, in his sort of second or third year of his of his term, I, I assume that he's probably going to have a, a, a long career, uh, a second term, and then we'll see where where I where where that takes me. Um, I am I am going. He is he is aging on the page. I've not made any attempt to take any years off him, um, and and it, at a certain at a certain point, he will retire to a more quiet life. We're just over a month away from Labor Day, the start of your next book. What's it going to be? Yep. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I've learned. I learned a long time ago never to discuss a book that isn't written. So I will politely duck that question if that's okay. Oh, certainly is Daniel Silva. I know you've got a busy book tour. This has been an absolute honor for me. I could go on for hours talking about Gabriel and both yourself. But where can the listeners best stay connected with you? Um, I um, have a. a very nice website at danielsilvabooks.com. You can see my tour schedule on there. Uh, you can see um, other things about uh, about about the other woman uh, and, and previous books. Um, you can connect with with retailers through that website. So it, it's it's uh, available nationwide, all over online. Obviously, all the usual outlets. We're going to have all that linked up in the show notes, but Daniel Silva, your newest work, The Other Woman, absolutely love this one along with all your other work. I advise the listeners to please go pick it up at Daniel Silva. I can't thank you enough for joining us on the What Got You There podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great pleasure. If you're like me and love to travel, then listen up. Are you looking to get outside your comfort zone in 2018? 
Are you tired of the monotony of your nine to five job with no adventure? Do you want to connect with new people on Epic Adventures? If so, then Globekick is what you're looking for. Globekick is redefining travel for the millennial generation. Globekick knows that memorable travel is built on the quality of the experience you have and the people you connect with along the way. That's why their members can choose from curated travel experiences throughout the year with like-minded people. Unlike other travel providers, Globekick members get to know each other through a private social network before choosing when and where they travel together. In 2018, they've teamed up with partners around the world to feature a Sahara Desert camping trip out of Morocco in May, a boating journey through the Sandblast Islands in the Caribbean in August, and a volunteering trip to an elephant sanctuary outside of Cambodia in December. If you want to travel the world with your kind of people and not break the bank, then head to globekick.com and enter WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. That's globekick.com and enter code WGYT to receive 10% off your membership. What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with Shonda Laney? What got you there with Shonda Laney? Uh, what got you there with got you, got you? Thanks for listening to another episode of What Got You There. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and also share with your friends. Thanks so much. Looking forward to talking with you next time. If you want to stay up to date on all things I'm working on behind the scenes and everything we've got going on at What Got You There, head over to whatgotyouthere.com. You'll also be able to see more on podcast guests and what they're doing. Thanks to Justin Great for providing us the intro and outro song. If you like his music and want to find out more about what he's working on, head over to justingreat.com.